Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm so glad to be with you for another episode, and I'm so grateful for our sponsor, Pepperdine University Online, where I am a faculty member. Since 1971, Pepperdine Graduate School of Education and Psychology has had one mission to strengthen professionals for lives of purpose, service, and leadership. Online psychology at Pepperdine is the latest evolution of that mission with online master's programs designed for people who want to align their work to their life's calling. The format combines live online learning with hands-on clinical training in each student's own community. Pepperdine faculty, staff, and students are passionate, purpose-driven individuals who are making meaningful change, one classroom, client, and community at a time. Pursue your purpose at online psychology at Pepperdine. Visit www.pepperdinepurpose.com backslash homecoming to learn more. Thank you so much, Pepperdine University Online, for supporting the Homecoming Podcast. And on today, I am excited that we had a new poetry submission, and I'm encouraging you all to write your poems about your own homecoming journey. Send them to me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. And today, instead of reading the poem, you're actually going to hear the poet, uh, Barbara Fant. She sent in her poem. She sent me the words and also the recording of herself performing her piece. The piece is called House of Dust. And I'm going to play for you an excerpt of her poem, which documents her journey in the aftermath of domestic violence, finding her way back home to herself. So thank you so much, Barbara, for sharing this powerful piece. I flooded my bones with suicide and every demon that whispered into my eardrums, staccatoed opinions that almost swallowed me whole. How I learned how to build a house out of dust until I realized that the home was within me. Then one day I stopped doing all the things I thought I had to do. Stopped being all the things I thought I needed to be and remembered how I could write myself out of my own skin. My mouth, a boundary worth breaking. Remember what it was like to have poems written into me, to write myself into a poem so thick it spills salvation, to cough so many poems from my lungs that it creates sanctuary. And yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will no longer fear myself. How this life of mine was disrupted, but not over. And the light in me is the light in whom I serve. And what a sacrifice to have to go to every dark place and have to write life back into your life just for someone else to breathe. No, Jonah, I know you ran from what will carve you holy, for you didn't understand that the calling will always outrun you. My chaos was birthed in every ounce of normalcy I thought I needed to be. My freedom was found in just being me. So here is where I throw up my hands and tell myself to dance until every piece of devil that was burned within me falls into landing. When the neighbors told me on my house, I said my house of dust blew up in flames while I was inside, but I survived. Told them of the shadows, 
showed them my scales, that I was searching for a house through all of this dust until I learned how to find a home within myself. In alignment with Barbara's piece on today, our topic is escaping unhealthy relationships. Escaping unhealthy relationships. And I want to note on today to give a warning uh, that if you are in an unhealthy relationship, an abusive relationship, some may say a toxic relationship, then it may be challenging to hear today's episode. And so I encourage you to go at your own pace. You may want to listen to a bit and then stop and reflect. You may want to journal, write, think it through, talk to a friend, and then come back and hear the next section. Uh, This episode was actually a request from one of our co-journers who has a dear friend who is in an unhealthy relationship. And so I know uh, those who are listening, some of you are in that circumstance. Some of you have already escaped and are rebuilding your lives. And some of you may have family or friends who are in uh, an unhealthy relationship right now. And so it is helpful to understand uh, the mindset, the psychology, the experience of a person while they are in that unhealthy relationship. And it's important that we consider each person's perspective and journey. So as the family member or friend, we can show up with compassion and not judgment, that we can show up with patience instead of turning our backs on people or giving up on people, that we show up with understanding. And so I want to uh, start off by saying the reason I use the word escape instead of just leave, because many times uh, friend, family members or friends will say, why don't you just leave? And that just leave lets us know they don't really grasp the weight, the psychological weight, sometimes the physical weight or the spiritual weight of being in that circumstance. And so I want you to know whether you are in it now or have been in that uh, circumstance in the past, that uh, there really is no judgment here in understanding how challenging, how difficult it can be uh, to come out of an unhealthy relationship. And I'm going to talk about some of the reasons why Uh, It can be challenging and some things for us to consider. And at the same time, I want to uh, acknowledge that in the end, it's for each person to determine how they see themselves, how they see their relationship and how they see their options or possibility. And I want you to know that here at Homecoming, Our greatest desire for each other is wellness. So if that is being well and single, then okay. If that is being well and in a relationship, okay. But we want to be healthy. We want to be well. We want to be safe. 
that is our desire for each person. And so I invite you now to take breath, to take sacred pause, because especially those who may have questions about your current relationship, even as you hear this, there may be a tightness in your back. You may not have been breathing fully uh, as you anticipate perhaps reflecting on some things um, that have been difficult to really look at or even acknowledge within yourself. But a part of homecoming is telling myself the truth. And so I want to really consider in my not only romantic relationships, actually, even in my friendships, am I at home? Am I able to be at home within myself in this person's presence? Does my breathing change in this person's presence? Does the rigidity with which I hold myself, am I on eggshells or am I dancing freely? Am I having to watch each word for fear of the response or can I express myself who is the person I am in this person's presence? Do I recognize them? Am I being who I want to be when I am in their presence? These are important questions to consider and ask yourself. I do want to name uh, in terms of unhealthy relationships, there are all different types of ways a relationship can be unhealthy or even abusive. Uh, for those who are in a physically abusive relationship, I do want to name the very real danger uh, that is present there, that many times uh, once a person makes a decision to leave or to escape um, and they start trying to plan that, um, if the controlling abusive partner senses that often the vet violence escalates. And so it is not for anyone to set a timeline for you or to make the decisions for you. It is for you to know that there are a community of people who want you to be safe and want you to be loved in a healthy way. And so uh, along with the, the physical threats and concern and violence uh, that can keep us tangled in unhealthy relationships or stuck or prisoners in unhealthy relationships. There are also a number of psychological, cultural, sometimes religious uh, barriers or mandates that can keep us uh, in circumstances, in relationships that are not healthy for us. And I want to really open up our understanding of an unhealthy relationship, knowing that it is not limited to physical violence, um, that an unhealthy relationship can be unhealthy emotionally. It may involve verbal abuse, it may involve sexual violation. It may involve uh, financial uh, abuse. It may involve manipulation, erasure, silencing, uh, and so uh, spiritual abuse. There are all different ways in which we can be uh, misused, mistreated, disrespected, dishonored. And I want you to know on today that you are worthy of honor, 
that you are worthy of safety, that you are worthy of authentic love. And in authentic love, I do not have to fear the person who claims to love me. And so what are some of the things that make it challenging uh, to escape? One is when I'm in an unhealthy relationship, whether that is a romantic, uh, unhealthy family ties, unhealthy friendship ties, um, is that the unhealthy relationship damages my sense of myself. That the longer we are in the relationship, we can get disconnected from ourselves. We can lose our confidence and even our clarity about who we are. Because such a relationship intentionally breaks us down, breaks our spirit, breaks our idea, our our confidence, our possibility. And so this may happen verbally with put downs and insults. Uh, Sometimes the person will even tell you no one else is going to want you or will call you names or talk about your physical body. Um, insult your intelligence, insult your attractiveness. And so all of these things can uh, really leave a person in a place of feeling powerless, discouraged, hopeless, or just tired, right? That if you're just trying to navigate and survive each conversation, each interaction, it's draining, And so to then try to think about trying to uh, shift your life, recreate your life, pick up your life and start again in a new place uh, with new people, that can feel overwhelming and it can also feel uh, impossible. And I encourage those who have become uh, defeated within the relationship to think about how a, uh, how a loving relationship would make a person feel, right? That being with this person, does it make me feel worse or better about myself? Right. And really think about that when we consider like, what is love? What does it mean to be respected? What does it mean to be cared for? Right. And how has that shown up for me? Uh, in this relationship. And so uh, we first consider and have compassion for the fact that you may feel exhausted, defeated, uh, uh, really a sense of what more can I do and feeling discouraged. And so uh, for your friends or, or family members, not to add to that by putting you down, you know, not to refer to someone who is in an unhealthy or an abusive relationship, not to refer to them as weak or stupid or insulting them. You know, people think, oh, I'm going to give them tough love. Do you understand a person who is in an unhealthy relationship is already experiencing so much toughness and harshness and abuse and violation and put downs? And so to add to that is to further dismantle a person, to further disconnect them from themselves. So I want you to know on today, uh, whatever the circumstance, however your life journey has led you to this place, uh, that I see you, I honor you, 
I appreciate you and I am clear that there is more to you than how you have been treated by them. I'm very, very clear about that. And I know sometimes it can become confusing because we can start to believe if I really deserved better, people would treat me better. So if they don't treat me better, I must not deserve it. And I want you to know that's a lie. That's a lie that you uh, can be a kind person. You can be uh, really a treasure. You can have a beautiful spirit. And then for various reasons, people uh, still mistreat you or disrespect you. So I want to encourage you to really try to separate how you are treated from who you are at your core. The second thing that can be really challenging and making it hard to escape is trying to be understanding and trying to work at it. You know, we are often told growing up um, that relationships are work um, and that you can't quit. You don't want to give up easily. Um, that that's the problem with people today is they quit too soon. And so uh, these messages about working at it, unfortunately, are not often um, really broken down to explain fully what that means, right? There is a difference between working at getting to know each other or working to get to understand each other because we have kind of, we, we grew up differently or may have different ideas about something or working together when we face uh, life challenges, like one person has a layoff or um, the death of a parent or a child you know, we work together for that, but there's a difference between working together and having someone intentionally try to break your spirit, right? Now we're not talking about working on a relationship. It is trying to protect your very mind, heart, body, and spirit from destruction, from desecration. And so... Um, especially those um, who pride themselves on uh, being good listeners or being uh, caring, is sometimes that can get you to a place of almost arrogance of no matter how badly someone treats me, that my love is going to win them over. Right? And when we get stuck in that place of really believing that, right, that the worse they treat me, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to keep loving you, loving you, loving you. And you treat me worse and I love you more. And the belief that that is what's going to be transformative. And I want you to know that a relationship is meant to be mutual. It's meant to be reciprocal. It's meant for both people, if it's two people, to uh, be able to grow and to be nourished, and to be loved, and to be supported, right? So you want to really consider, um, not only am I pouring out love and that I have in my mind, that's what a relationship is, but that it should also be receiving, right? Receiving love, receiving compassion, receiving honor, and, uh, 
This is an important piece for us to look at the scripts that we have been given or that we have adopted for ourselves. I'll say this is particularly difficult, I think, for um, people who are used to uh, being successful, which takes us to the third one, um, which is um, when I have actually, instead of a, a insecurity, you know, oftentimes people associate someone in these relationships as being insecure. That can be a part of it. But for some people, there can also be uh, this confidence that I can figure it out. Right. If you have had success in other areas of your life, then you may say from experience, I'm the kind of person that when I put my mind to something, I can make it work. Right. Put my mind to school. I can make it work. I can put my mind to my job. I can make it work that I am goal oriented or success oriented. And so then you end up in a relationship and start saying, you know, I have to make it work by any means. I'm going to figure it out. And so you are exhausting yourself, draining yourself, judging yourself by saying, if I'm being mistreated, it must mean that I'm doing something wrong so that I have to uh, not have any uh, requirements or I have to not care when people do whatever it is they are doing toward me um, because I'm going to make it work. So I just want to invite you on today to think about releasing uh, perfectionism, releasing the illusion of control, That when you're dealing with adults, each person has uh, control over themselves. And so um, to a degree, we're talking about abuse, there can be that uh, abuse of control. But uh, it is not for you to say this person is my project or this person is my mission, um, that this person, I'm going to fix them. Right. You want to really step back and take a look at how you have thought about relationships and what your role is in a relationship. And, you know, another one is like motivation. Right. You may have in your mind who you want that person to be. But is that who they want to be? Right. Often we are not looking at uh, people's will and investment in their own journey, growth, or progress. So you may be trying to make someone into a person they don't want to be. So sometimes we fall for a person's potential. We are in love with a person's potential. And we say like, if only they'll listen to me and let me transform them, they will be a great partner. (laughs) So you really have to look at what people are telling you and showing you to know this person I'm trying to make them into, is that who they're trying to become themselves? Yes. So uh, a partner is not a project, right? A partner is not a project. Then another piece that can make it very difficult is the fact that usually in unhealthy relationships, it's not bad all the time. Right. I mean, in some ways it would be easier if the person was always mean, always this, always that. Um, But, you know, with the cycle of abuse, when we think about domestic violence, you know, there's a honeymoon period 
uh, there is a, a period where it, it is not feeling outwardly abusive, although that, that underlying tension can be there. And so those moments, or even when you get an apology, right, or these moments can like give you a sense of hope. So you say, like, we're making progress, you know, it's not so bad. And, um, we, you know, you end up holding on for when the next piece of progress or goodness will be. And so we want to recognize, wow, hope and faith are important, beautiful things. We also want to be aware that manipulation is also a reality in some relationships, Right, that sometimes people will intentionally give you uh, some of what you want or say what you want to hear or what you want to believe um, as a way of keeping you hooked in. And so you want to really examine uh, how few and far between um, are the good moments, right? And when there is an apology, um, is it actually sincere? And when it's sincere, it will show up with change behavior, right? If there's just, you know, a verbal apology and no change in behavior, I would just encourage you to uh, reflect on that, to consider, you know, what does that mean? And so that uh, we can be mindful about these patterns, uh, speaking of patterns, another challenge that can keep us tied in is when we have either grown up uh, observing an unhealthy relationship uh, between our parents or one parent and, and their partners, um, or when we have had prior unhealthy relationships. Sometimes we're just, uh, we don't know what to compare it to. And I've had people who have written me about that asking, you know, if you're healing from a um, from your past, you know, can you still date? And, you know, I kind of have a mixed response to that. In part, um, it is true that if I'm very much in a wounded place, in a grieving place, I may not have um, really the clarity to know what I want. I might really just be in a place where I just want anybody who chooses me and that can put me back in a new unhealthy relationship, right? So sometimes when there has been no time for reflection or healing, it may become a pattern or a cycle um, where it's a different name, a different face, but same behavior. Um, and the other piece that can happen sometimes is people who are drawn to me when I'm in a broken place, as I heal and get empowered and find my voice, sometimes they don't like you anymore, right? That some people are drawn to you when you're in that place of needing to be rescued and taken care of. But when you have some clarity or your confidence returns, uh, they may not cheer for that, right? Um, so that's on one side. Uh, on the other side is an important argument that's made, which is a part of our healing is relational, right? So there is healing that happens as I think things through, as I talk it through, as I dance, as I journal. Um, but there is also a level of healing that happens as we relate to each other. You know, it's like people can come to therapy and spend 
years planning and thinking about how they want to be in a relationship, but it's all like in your mind. There is a part of the process that happens when you actually engage with people, right? When you actually go out on a date, when you actually start um, considering, you know, what do I like and not like? How do I practice communicating and not shutting down? So I would say it's not a hard and fast rule, meaning, um, yes, if you have, you know, just escaped an unhealthy relationship, I would encourage you to take some time for your pause and for your healing. And uh, so that your wound is not picking your next relationship, right? If I'm, if I'm picking from that wounded place, often I'm not having real clarity about, you know, who I am and what I want. And at the same time, I do want to uh, counter the myth that you have to be a psychologically perfect person to be worthy of a relationship. Right? Uh, so perfection is not uh, the requirement to uh, begin dating, um, but you do want to engage with some self-awareness, some healing, some clarity as you re-enter that space um, so that it does not end up being sabotaged, right? Either by who I choose or how I act in the relationship, which uh, can sabotage it as well. And so um, when you have not seen a lot of models of what healthy looks like, um, a lot of times, you know, some people are, are operating in opposites, right? So it's like, I don't know what the good looks like, but I definitely know what the bad does. So let me try to like do opposite of that or learning from my own experience, right? I do know that shutting down in the past, you know, didn't really work for me. So let me try to communicate more or, you know, noticing that um, I can uh, cling to people very quickly, right? That I don't even know them well. And I'm already imagining that this is my spouse, right? So being able to like slow down and be present and try to express and uh, even when there are disagreements, how do we disagree, right? How do we communicate about that or resolve it? Um, so being mindful of what your models have been. And then another barrier is when you have spent a long time in the relationship, it can be harder to release. Um, in social psychology, it's called sunken costs, S-U-N-K-E-N. And that simply is the more you invest in something, money or time or energy, you know, the harder it is to let it go or to let them go. So some people will say, well, I put all this work in and then if I break up with them, then someone else is going to benefit from all my work. <laughs> so, you know, you have that kind of thinking. Um, I just encourage you to consider not only the amount of time and energy you've put in it, but if it remains as it is, is that enough? Are you fulfilled? Are you safe? Are you uh, uh, yourself? Right. You have put in a lot, but maybe you've put in a lot and had to disconnect from yourself. So and that's not for anyone to decide but you. Right. Mm -hmm. But just to consider, uh, yes, this is what I gain if I hold on. I keep what I have. But also, you know, what is this costing me? What is the cost of being in this friendship 
What is the cost of being in this relationship? What is it costing me emotionally, psychologically? Sometimes even our physical health can suffer. You know, what's it costing my spirit to be in this? And then finally, um, a lot of times people hold on even when it's unhealthy or unfulfilling um, because we can't imagine being alone or we don't want to be alone. Um, so the fear of, you know, um, who's going to want me and how do I know there's going to be any better than what I have right now, um, which, you know, becomes our fear decision. You know, we see that in other areas of our lives, right? I'm at a dead end job, but let me just hold on to this because it's what's familiar. And um, I would just encourage you to think about um is what is familiar a part of your disconnection from yourself? Have you adjusted to being absent from yourself? Have you adjusted to losing your voice, to your feelings not mattering? Have you adjusted to dysfunction? That's what I would ask you to just consider, right? Um, and and that's for that's for you. It's not for your friend. It's not for your family. It's for you to say um, how I, I feel at home in this. But what does that home feel like? Right. Uh, this feels familiar and predictable. And I know what I'm getting. Right. I hear that. I hear that. So to just consider it is predictable. It is familiar. You have made a home there. And what is the nature of the home that has been built there? What is the quality of your life in that? And can you breathe in that? Can you think in that? Can you speak there? Can you dream there? Can you rest? Right? Can you rest in that? And then just before we close, I want to say it is important for you to be able to name the good, right? That sometimes when your friends are only pointing out, oh, this person's a loser, they're this, they're that, it can push you into a place of needing to defend them. And so I want you to know you don't have to uh, defend that person to me, right? That I'm clear most people, the overwhelming majority of people are not like monsters all the time. So there may be some good there, some good in the person, some good in the relationship. And so uh, this episode is not to make you overlook the good. It is just for us to be able to see the complete picture, right? To be able to see what feels good in this and what may feel unhealthy in it. What are the ways that this may feel like home? And what are the ways that I may feel on eggshells or like I'm losing time? And so a part of our healing is telling ourselves the, the full truth, right? The full truth. And then lastly, I'll mention that uh, many people also face family, cultural, and religious pressures um, to remain in spaces, even when the spaces are unhealthy or dysfunctional, um, toxic, or even abusive. 
And I uh, encourage you to reflect on that our culture, our family, our faith uh, can be a source of strength. Um, It can sustain us in many ways. They can sustain us in many ways. But each of those things also can be used as tools or weapons um, or in ignorance can lock us into a permanent state of emotional disconnection and emotional or psychological death of sorts. And so if you are dying in there physically, emotionally, or spiritually, I want you to know that you are worthy of life, you are worthy of breath, you are worthy of compassion, you are worthy of love. So I invite you to take sacred breath. And if you have a loved one, a friend, or a family member who is in that circumstance, if in your spirit and in your mind, you can think about sending them love and compassion in this moment. And even if you want to call them after this episode, just say, I was just thinking about you and I want you to know that you're important to me. Right? I want you to know that I'm here. Whatever that, whatever you need or whatever that looks like, that I'm here, you're important and I'm not going anywhere. Right? I'm your friend. I'm your sister. I'm your father. I'm your cousin. I care. Right? And this is so important for each of us as we heal, as we grow, as we come home to ourselves. So I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm-hmm.